Hi, you're listening to the Sermon Recording Podcast of Awaken Church. Awaken is a church of missional communities whose vision is to see individuals experience healing through the gospel, be raised to their fullest potential among community, and sent out to live a life on mission. You can find out more online at awakenvb.com. And if you live in Hampton Roads, we invite you to check out our worship gathering in the Haygood area of Virginia Beach, Saturday evenings at 5 p.m. Thank you for listening. Hey guys, it's great to be with you tonight. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, as you've probably heard by now, next week we're going to have our quarantine version of the Super Bowl of Preaching. And just sort of uh, like happens every year, except this year, but every year uh, with the uh, Super Bowl, the week before is what's called the Pro Bowl. And that's when all the the best players in the league, the ones who have aspirations and hope to be inducted into the Hall of Fame uh, after the end of the careers, they all gather together for the Pro Bowl game. This is a game where they're recognized, they're honored, and they actually compete with one another. And so tonight, we're going to be talking about the Hall of Fame, or actually the Hall of Faith in the Bible, which is found in Hebrews chapter 11. It's it's what we often call the Hall of Faith. Uh, Many of you probably know, but maybe you don't, Uh, I grew up in Canton, Ohio, really just a few miles away from the National Pro Football Hall of Fame. Uh, It was so cool. I mean, it's a big deal in Canton. Every summer before the the Hall of Fame game and the the, uh, induction of all the new uh, class into the Hall of Fame, there was a big parade, and then there was actually the Hall of Fame game, and then the enshrinees were all inducted into the Hall of Fame. So it was a really, really uh, cool deal. Uh, if you ever get a chance to go into the National Pro Football Hall of Fame, it's an amazing experience. Uh, I've been there a number of times myself. Uh, they just did a revamp of the whole facility and updated everything in the last couple of years. So I haven't been there since then, but I'm really looking forward to getting back again. When you go in there, you get to hear the stories that are that are sort of shared and retold uh, of all these amazing stories about the character, the commitment, the challenges, and the successes and achievements of those who are in there. Uh, so, so we're going to tonight sort of frame our conversation uh, in this idea of a Hall of Fame and the Pro Bowl players, that kind of thing, and sort of look at the Hall of Faith in Hebrews chapter 11. We're asking ourselves this question, what is the criteria of acceptance uh, into the Hall of Faith? So the question that sort of frames all this is, what is their criteria for acceptance into the Hall of Faith? Uh, in chapter 11, there's a number of names thrown out there. It's not an exhaustive list by any stretch of the imagination, but there are a number of names that are listed in here as examples. Uh, you'd be surprised uh, at who's not listed in here as examples, and you might be shocked about some of the stories that are highlighted in here as examples. And incredibly enough, it's not about performance or faith that landed people here in the Hall of Faith. It's about their faith in who God is and what God said he will do. What was really cool is I was sort of preparing for this and and doing some study here. I just saw some things in a new light, things I've never seen before. So I'm looking forward to have the opportunity to sort of walk you through some of the things I just learned uh, as we went through it. And uh, hopefully you'll enjoy and get an opportunity to uh, learn from that as well, too. 
So we're going to pick it up. We're going to read uh, in Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to pick up right in the first uh, three verses and just read this first part here. It says this, uh, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. So as we sort of read that, we sort of see a definition or explanation about what faith is. Uh, faith is described in two strong and solid words. The first word is confidence, confidence in hope. Uh, now, this kind of hope isn't just like blind faith, like, boy, I hope it doesn't rain tomorrow. It's not that kind of hope. It's a strong belief, right? It's my hope is based in the promise of God. It's strong. The other word that's sort of strong and powerful uh, is the word assurance. And it says insurance in what we do not see. And it's not this sort of like, hey, I'm pretty sure the store we're looking for is maybe around the next corner. I, I, I can almost assure you that's the case. It's not that. The assurance that there is like a strong trust, right? It's like, I have total assurance of who God is. That's what it is. So as you read this first couple of verses, it brought us to, that brought us to the, the first criteria that I discovered of getting into this sort of hall of faith. And that's a criteria of this, faith in the character of God. So the first criteria is faith in the character of God uh, and who he is as a creator God who formed them and wanted to have a personal relationship with them. Remember the story of Adam and Eve? It says God created Adam from the dust. He created Eve from Adam's side. And then he would show up every day in the evening and just walk and spend time with them because the creator God wanted to have a personal relationship and spend time with his creation. So it's nothing new to these guys. And they understood that and they had faith in the character of God. Uh, there's a couple examples thrown here from way, way back in the early days. If this were like examples of the real Hall of Fame, this would be back in the leather helmets and missing teeth days, right? So it goes way back. But he throws out a name like Abel, which is actually Adam and Eve's son. And you have to read in Genesis chapter 3 to, to, to get his story. But uh, Abel had faith in the character of God and was seen through his act of worship. His act of worship was acceptable to God, and he was mentioned because of that in the Hall of Faith. Enoch is another name that's there, and he had faith in the character of God, and it was demonstrated or seen in, in a lifetime of walking with God. In fact, it says that he never even died. God translated him or took him directly to heaven. So we see these amazing guys from way back, and it wasn't about uh, this amazing things they did. It was more about this faith they had in the character of who God is. Uh, we're going to read uh, another uh, verse here in verse 6, drop down to there, and we're going to see another criteria from verse 6. It says, And without faith, it's impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists, and he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So faith um, is required to begin a relationship with God, believing God is real and he is who he says he is. 
Faith is required to grow in that relationship with God, seeking the God who rewards our heart attitude and not just our actions. So the second criteria I sort of stumbled across in here was this idea that we have faith in the promises of God. So the first criteria was we have faith in the character of God. The second criteria is we have faith in the promises of God. We have faith in what he said he will do, and we have faith in who he said he will reward. A couple of names are thrown here again from again from the earlier days. There's a guy named Noah, which you can read about in Genesis as well, too. Noah believed God and he built, right? He built an ark. God had promised the flood was coming. He promised that Noah was going to be going to be saved through this with his family. And so he responded to that belief. He responded to the promise of God by believing and building. Uh, there was a name Abraham thrown out. You're probably familiar with the name of Abraham. Abraham believed the promise of God and he went. God said, I'm going to build a great nation to you. I'm going to take you to the promised land. I want you to go and start walking and I'm going to tell you when to stop. And so Abraham believed the promise of God and he went. The promise of a promised land and really a, a, a huge nation that would follow uh, from his seed. Then it also mentions Abraham's wife, Sarah. Sarah believed the promises of God and she trusted and conceived. <laughs> Sarah was probably over 90 years old this time and unable to have children. Uh, but God had promised her that she would have a promised son. And she believed the promises of God and was able to conceive and have that promised son. Matter of fact, verse 11, I think, sort of sums this up. Uh, talking about Sarah, it says, She considered him faithful who had made the promises. So the second criteria was faith in the promises of God. And that brings us now to the third criteria, which I sort of discovered as I was going through um, the, the uh, Hebrews chapter 11, the Hall of Faith. And that was this, faith in the redemptive power of God. Faith in the redemptive power of God. Believing that God can take messed up lives and make them into powerful messages of hope. Believing that God can redeem the brokenness and the failures and the shame and the sin in people and make them into powerful stories of grace and forgiveness and new life. Uh, and what's funny is when you look through the Hebrews chapter 11, virtually all these people have well-documented failures and flaws all through their life. And yet God used them in miraculous ways because they had faith in redemptive power of God. As you read through this list, you'll see some were liars, and some were thieves, and some were adulterers, and some were murderers, some were drunkards. One of the stories I love the most is uh, Rahab. She was a prostitute uh, in the city of Jericho when Joshua, who, by the way, isn't even mentioned in the Hall of Faith, Joshua was leading the people <clears throat> into the Promised Land, and God said, go take Jericho. Jericho was this huge walled city. And so he had told them to go, but not with force, but with trusting in the power of God. They were supposed to go and for seven days, march around the city just once a day. On the seventh day, they're supposed to march around it seven times, blow the trumpets and the walls would just crumble down and they could walk in and take the city. 
And so when this was happening, they sent spies in. Rahab was there. She had heard about this God of Israel. She wanted to become a follower of that God, and she protected the spies, sent them out safely, and God said, I'm going to bring you into the family of God. I'm going to bring you into the Israelite nation. And uh, it's just an amazing story. They went in there. They, they, the whole city was destroyed except for her. And she was saved through this, through this whole process. And what was incredible is she went on uh, from being a shrine prostitute to being the mother-in-law of Ruth, who there's a whole book in the Bible about the story of Ruth and Boaz. She became the great-grandmother of King David, uh, who wrote many chapters, many books in the Bible, was one of the greatest kings in the Bible. And also she was in the family tree and lineage of Jesus. Wow talking about taking messed up lives and making incredible stories out of it. That's the redemptive power of God. Uh, I think verse 34, let me read that for you. Verse 34, just the end part, sort of captures this whole concept of this. And it says, talking about these people, it says, whose weaknesses were turned into strength. Whose weaknesses were turned into strength. My wife, Lori, has learned this valuable lesson, and she's taught to me. And uh, she has this saying she developed. She says, God takes our messes and makes them our message. I want to say that again, because uh, it's just such a powerful truth that I've learned from my wife. God takes our messes and makes them our message. See, the point is this. God doesn't look for perfect faith, right? You and I aren't there, and really, it's impossible. What God looks for is a humble faith that recognizes that our faith is actually a gift from God. So like Lori likes to say, God takes our messes and makes them our message. So remember that as you think about this Hall of Faith, chapter 11, and remember the three criteria that we saw through that. The criteria that faith in the character of God faith in the promises of God, and faith in the redemptive power of God. Well, as you get a chance to either sort of uh, go through this each um, time we're done, we, we'll give three questions. Uh, that's a head question, a heart question, and a hand question. And so whether you're going through this by yourself, with your family, in your MC, you get a chance to go through this. And I want to lead you in those questions and give you a chance to sort of think through that. The first one is a sort of a head question. And that is this, what hall of faith story in Hebrews chapter 11 do you most closely identify with and why? So what hall of faith story in Hebrews 11 do you most closely identify with and why? The second question is more of a heart question. And that question uh, it, it is a, is a, a uh, uh, challenge as well too it's read Hebrews 12 verses 1 and 2 and then ask yourself what does it look like for me to throw off entanglements and fix my eyes on Jesus so again read Hebrews 12 verses 1 and 2 and ask yourself what does it look like for me to throw off entanglements and fix my eyes on Jesus The last question is more of a hand question. Sort of like, what do, we, what do we do from here? And so that question is this. What is one step of faith you feel 
God may be asking you to take this week to stretch your faith. So again, what is one step of faith you feel God may be asking you to take this week to stretch your faith? So, all right, guys. Well, I hope you enjoyed the challenge. I hope you learned new things as I did this week. Love you so much. And I uh, want to challenge you or, or remind you again for our next week, look for our, our quarantine version of our Super Bowl preaching. Until then, guys, love you. Be safe. See you soon.